Because we're going to continue to talk about serving. we got two more lessons on this series and uh, on serving. It's our series that uh, is based on Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. I appreciate Jeremy reading. Of course, he read the, the whole passage all the way through, through verse 8. But we've asked people to even talk about you know memorizing uh, Philippians 2, 3, 4, and then tacking on verse 5 as well, doing nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. But in humility, consider others better than yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but to the interests of others. Uh, and your attitude or your mindset should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. That's the theme for serving. Now, last week we talked about serving our community. This week we're going to be talking about serving right here in church. Serving our church. Jazz and Stanley, they're, they're sitting right over here. They've been here since uh, 9 o'clock. Young couple in their 20s, just got out of college, just got married this past summer. And they stepped up and said, yeah, we'll help out in leading and working with the teen ministry. Giving the Hamlows some much-needed relief and, 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 and help in working. And we're still looking for others to work with that ministry, but I appreciate so much their hearts. Diana Fisher Maybe on the other end of the chronological scale, um, Diana has been working as the church liaison with Feeding Our Kids now for over six years. Many of us volunteer with Feeding Our Kids once every two months, go down filling bags with food. Diana would be here two, three times a week taking care of things and working with them and also serving on the board of Feeding Our Kids. Speaking of the board of Feeding Our Kids, uh, Steve Essex also, a, a young man, just married uh, this past summer as well, was asked to serve on the board of Feeding Our Kids, which he was happy to do, and then they vote him in as president of the board of Feeding Our Kids. Um, that not have been what he was bargaining for, but he was willing to serve. Dave and Angela Tomlinson, who have already retired from their first careers, Served not only as a, an elder couple here in this church, but now started working in their second now career and job as with Hope Worldwide, a parachurch organization that focuses in on, on serving and giving and literally travel around the world helping people. Nathan and Christina Roberts. I call them a young couple. They're kind of in that era, but when you're my age, a lot of people are young. An awesome couple who oversee and lead our children's ministry. When we're all together in a normal service, and right there's over 50 plus kids downstairs, they oversee and prepare every week and oversee all the teachers and all the classes to take care of all of that. And even with all of that, they said, but we want to also lead a house church. And they took on a house church to lead. All of this while having four children of their own. And then Miss Joella Wilkes, who's 89 and holding, all right, she still gives out personalized, custom, individually crafted cards to wish people happy birthday or anniversaries or spiritual anniversaries or Mother's Day or Father's Day or Columbus Day. Was, I don't know. She remembers all of these dates. And she encourages and she gives and she serves in her way. I can't even remember the dates of my own children's birthdays. I don't know how she keeps track of it all. And so many others serve 
in this church. So many others give in many, many ways, taking care of our building here, the maintenance, the upkeep, the repair, the decoration, the making sure everything gets taken care of. Back in the kitchen and, 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 and the people that show up, I showed up at 8 o'clock this morning. Steve was already here getting ready just to have people can have a cup of coffee when they come in. Setting up communion. Not just is it setting up communion, now you've got to set up communion for two services. Next week we'll be having to set up communion for three services. Somebody comes in, somebody takes care of that. Working in the children's ministry, not just with the Roberts overseeing, there are other people that are coordinators that work with them. But then there's the teachers. There are the people who prepare the crafts. There are the people who do the, the shows in the children's theater. All of those things that make things work and make things go. Feeding our kids, of course, we do that as we volunteer and we go down and, you know, you, you, you put the food in the, in the bags and you, you do that. We serve and take care of that way. There are administrative needs here in the church. When we all meet together and we give our contributions, somebody goes right then to count it, a whole group. They're missing out on either fellowship or part of the service to go serve and to do that. Even today, as people mail in checks when we don't meet together, Somebody's still got to go pick up those checks and take them and deposit them. People who serve to make things happen, to make things go. Our music ministry, which I'll talk about more in here in just a few minutes. All the tech work, which I'll talk about again, as Bob even shared. So many different things and many, many more. All of these people have something in common. They all have a heart to serve God and to serve His church. And they're all people who want to know how to serve God more and how to serve His church better. So that's what we're going to talk about this morning, serving here at church. And our theme passage for today's lesson comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 2 and 3, it says, all, We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul talking to a church, a church in Thessalonica. And he lifts them up for these three things, their work produced by faith, their Labor prompted by love and their endurance inspired by hope. And what we're going to do is look at these three things this morning and we're going to focus on them um, for the Champagne Church as if Paul were writing his letter to the Champagne Church to analyze these things and how we would apply these things. Now this first one, he says, the first mark of a servant in the church is one is having, who has the kind of faith that produces good works. Now, the word work in that sentence, work produced by faith, it's ergon. It's a word that talks about work, but it focuses in not on the effort, but on the result. What is actually produced? The fruit of the effort. That's what that word focuses in on. It talks about what, what, what gets done is what's most important. Let me give you an illustration, and uh, I'll share about Bob and, and Aaron, because Aaron does so much to help. Uh, he's our camera guy right here, uh, making sure that we're all running, running well. But as we, you know, had to go to complete virtual services back in, in March, 
and shifting everything around. We threw a lot at these guys. We wanted this. We want this. Can we do this? Can we do this? And we, we worked hard at it. And they would put in hours many times. And Phyllis and I would come in and we would, you know, do the, 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 the what we do for the service. But there would be hours behind the scenes making all that happen. And we'd say, thank you so much. That's so awesome. That's all. And they'd go, ah, yeah, don't worry about it. It's nothing. It's nothing. Because that's their heart. And that's, that's really that heart when you talk about the Aragon kind of, of work. It focuses in on the final project. They were saying, look, we want something awesome for God's church. We want something awesome and engaging and meaningful for God's people. So whatever we can do, is, it's nothing. We need to get this. And the reality is, it really isn't nothing. Okay? It was a lot of work. It was a lot of hard work. But their attitude reflected the kind of heart that faith produces. The work that's not focused on the effort, but on the pro end product, the end results. Now we need to understand, works do not produce faith. Unfortunately, too many people, they try to, 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 to get involved in something. They want to volunteer, they want to help, so that their faith will grow. But that's not how it works. They want to try to grow their faith or show off their faith by their works. And if we have this attitude, it really is. It's kind of like, it's kind of like a candle that has a really short wick. And it'll burn for a little bit. But then it goes out very quickly because it's too focused on doing and showing something or earning a way to heaven. When they fail to get the praise the thanks or the appreciation or uh, uh, being lifted up for what they do, then, then adversity hits in and they just start, you know what, uh, serving now becomes a burden. I don't really want to do this anymore. I got, I'm upset. I'm hurt. I've got an attitude. And they drift away. Because it wasn't work that was produced by faith, they were trying to get faith by doing the works. There are also those who do good works to show that they have faith, or maybe even using the works to kind of, I don't know, uh, as a form of penance to overcome past sin. They feel guilty, I need to do more, I need to kind of make up for it. Maybe to make up for some secret present sin, I don't know. But all of these are the, are the, are the wrong focus. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, Paul says, look guys, you're saved by grace through faith, and it's not by works. The works... There is no penance for your sin. You're saved by the grace of God. You're not going to work and earn your salvation. You're not going to serve it off and do your time type of a thing. That's not the focus. Works do not produce faith. Faith comes from the Word of God. It comes from a relationship with God. It comes from His Word and that relationship. And as I live out my life and I apply it, my faith then grows. And it's not just by serving. However, faith does produce work. Real faith moves us to action. A strong faith should produce a desire to just serve. Not trying to prove anything, but just serve. Because that's what God created us to do. A little bit later, that Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 that we just read about, you know, saved by grace through faith, not by works. In verse 10, he says, because you are God's handiwork 
created in Christ Jesus to do good works. You, everybody here, everybody watching on TV, you were created to do these good works. That's what God wants from us. But the tricky part is this. It can look like actions and works and things like that. It looks like that they can produce faith. It looks like it can make faith grow. It's called skin in the game. And sometimes we even make mistakes. We make mistakes in faith. Somebody's struggling spiritually, uh, struggling, and say, well, let's give them a responsibility. Let's get them vested in things. Let's get them involved. And then they'll be stronger. And we, we wonder how that doesn't work. It doesn't work because that work doesn't produce the faith. If you don't have the faith to begin with, then eventually it becomes that burden. And you see, the, the tricky part is, again, the, the more involved you are in the kingdom of God, it's not, to, it's not that your faith is growing, it's because you've already got the faith. You've already got it. It's faith reflected, not faith created. And that's where that serving in the church, it's faith reflected. Because it's your faith that makes you willing to risk and go where God wants you to go, not necessarily where you want to go. The faith makes you want to serve in the ways God wants us to serve, not necessarily in the way you want to serve. It makes me not limit what I will do for God, the time I will spend, the money I will give, the service I will give, the energy I expend. I, I, I don't limit it. I truly, in faith, just turn it all over to God and say, God, you're in control. That's work produced by faith. And it marks, moving on to our second marker of a serving heart, the second kind of work, when I have that faith, it has moves on to one that is love that causes us to labor for others. A love that causes us to labor. It's prompted by love. This second word for work, uh, it's translated labor here. Uh, this one is focused on the effort. It's not focused on the final result. This word is focused on how much effort you actually put in. Uh, an actual meaning of the word is to beat your chest, which is weird. I don't, I don't totally understand that one. But it means to toil or to expend great painful effort. That's what labor is. It doesn't get to be labor, labor until it hurts. Until it's really hard work. Because you've got to realize, guys, serving some jobs are hard work. That's why it's called work, not play. Alright? That's why it's called serving, not indulging yourself. It's a labor that's prompted by love. Like I use an instance, like serving in Kid Street. Now, I know it's not politically correct to say I don't like serving in Kid Street, but some people don't like serving in Kid Street. Some people love it. Some people don't love it. Some people, it's a joy and a privilege, and to other people, it's hard work and a sacrifice. And the measure of whether or not we serve is love. Does the love override the unpleasantness of the serving? That's the question. Is it labor prompted by love? Because remember, it's not labor until it's unpleasant, until it's hard. And does your love override the unpleasantness of the serving? I'll give you another example. Our, our worship team. Now, 
Again, when everything is normal, you, you got the whole worship team thing, and, it, and it's cool. Like I said, you got five guitars, a keyboard, a drummer, a conga player. You got the singers all over the place, and it's this big sound. And people say, I want to be a part of that. I want to do that, and that's great. Until they realize you got to be here on Thursday night for two hours every week to practice. If you're not here on Thursday, you don't get to play on Sunday. And then, oh yeah, Sunday, you need to be here at 8 a.m. for sound check and to work through it all again. And that, I didn't, okay, I just wanted to play on Sunday. And we've had people say, I want to be a part of it, but then later say, no, no, I don't want to, I, I, I don't want to do that no more. Because the labor was too hard. And you understand, and that's why I, I lift up and appreciate those guys so much, because I know how much goes into it and how much they sacrifice. It's a labor that is prompted by love. But it's not always prompted by fulfillment. Sometimes we serve just because I love, not because it just personally fulfills me. It's also true with giving. I mean, let's be honest, guys. We can always find something else to do with our money, right? I mean, there's always something else I need, and if there's not something else I need, I can sure find something else I want. Okay? And, or there's other places I could give. There are other charities and stuff. If, you know, they, they can give me. Why do I do this? Why do we give 10% of our, our gross income every week? It's love. Love for God and love for what God loves. Love for what's important to God. And even though it might not be easy, maybe it's a financial sacrifice. Maybe it makes me fall short over here. But it's a labor that's prompted by my love. With our special contribution, which we shared about a moment ago, people are sacrificing thousands and thousands of dollars in their special contribution. And others, it might not be as much, but it's still just as much of a sacrifice. Why? Because of love. Again, a love for God and a love for what's important to God because Jesus said, go to all the world and preach the gospel. Don't just have a cool little church in your community. Go to all the world. And we can't go to all the world, but you know what? We can help finance other people. And we give because we love God and we love his mission. We love what's important to him. And we do this our entire Christian lives. Every week, every year, I can remember with Phyllis and I, I think she shared last week, we've been given to special missions for 35 years. I don't know something. I don't know as many of our churches have been doing the same thing. And we will continue for the rest of our lives. Because it's a labor prompted by love. And this brings me to the third. The third marker of a Christian, of a serving heart in the church. Which is the one that is, has an endurance that is fueled by hope. An endurance fueled by hope. It's hope that pushes us forward. This is a phrase, your endurance inspired by the hope of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's about not giving up. It's about not throwing in the towel. It's about not uh, 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 backing down when things get hard or things get difficult. That phrase um, about endurance, that, that Greek word, when it goes into that, it talks about, it, it means ceaseless action under great strain. If it's not a strain, you don't even need endurance, right? 
But if it's a strain, you need endurance, perseverance, steadfastness. That's what he means. And it's prompted by hope. I read an article this week, uh, and, and it was, I, I wasn't even at the time preparing for this lesson. It was, and the article was not about spiritual hope. It wasn't about the Bible or anything else. It was just about hope and what it does for us. And in the article, it, it contrasted optimism with hope. It said optimism is just not doing anything, kind of going, oh, it'll all work out, you know, and you just kind of had this zippity-doo-dah attitude. And you're not really doing anything, it's just, okay, but oh, yeah, it'll all work out or whatever. Hope means you've got something in mind and you believe this will happen if I put in the effort, if I put in the work, that there is this goal, there is where I'm heading. And he says, if you've got hope in Jesus, then I serve, I endure. And I put in the work. And this is what he's talking about here. No matter how hard life gets. Because I have a hope in Jesus and what he promised. Some people ask me, what's the hardest part about ministry? And I tell them, the hardest part about ministry is the never-ending procession of Sundays. It's not the hard counseling appointments or the... The tragedy and sometimes that happens in people's lives or uh, helping people to, 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 to wrestle with the loss of a loved one. Those, those are difficult and those are very emotional times. But the hardest part for me is the never-ending procession of what's next. As soon as this service is over, I'm thinking about next Sunday. Oh, and yeah, Wednesday night, men's midweek, and Friday night, campus Devo, because we're going to be, I think we're on the campus, is it this Friday? I can't remember. It's always, I don't know what it is. Is it, okay, oh, it is this Friday, okay. Write that down, Phyllis. But it's always that. It's the never-ending procession. No matter how good it is today, next week's coming. It's like mowing your lawn. Now, got a bunch of college kids and high school kids in here. When you own your own home and you look at that lawn and you mow that lawn with the pride of a man saying, this reflects who I am. This is a beautiful lawn and I've edged around it and it looks beautiful and you sit back and you say, I did that. And it looks awesome. And yet a week later, it looks like an Illinois, uh, you know, prairie restoration project again. And you go, I got to do it all over again. And you do it again. And then the next week, you got to do it again. And pretty soon, that lawn service looks awful good. Yeah. You know. That's kind of, you know, what it is. It's no matter how good it looks today, next week, you got to do it all over again. I was talking with Dave Tomlinson uh, last week, and we were talking about feeding our kids and how feeding our kids used to be so exciting. Back when it got started years and years ago uh, here, and, and we were at the beginning, and it was, you know, being able to start, and we were figuring new things out, and there were hurdles, and it was just in a couple of schools, and then we, so excited, we're in more schools, and then we're transferring, we're, we're expanding out into Champaign County, and it was great. And then we figured out a new system and how to do it, and got a routine. And to be honest with you, sometimes it just gets boring. It's the same thing. You walk around the table, pick up food, put it in the bag, put it in the bin, stack the bins up, take them upstairs. Next, boom, boom, we're done. Yep. It's not exciting anymore. We can do it, but I need something else. Now, the truth is, though, it's not boring to the kids who get the food. 
This past week, Mike Kearns and I were out making deliveries, and sometimes we, we never get to meet the kids. We don't know actually who gets the food, but we get to talk with sometimes the, uh, the social workers that distribute the food and, and hand it out. And one of them told us, yeah, these kids, that they're so appreciated. They need this because sometimes we have extra because, you know, kids aren't here. And so other kids, I double up with them. Is that okay? They really, they don't have any other food. And so I give them double. You go, Wow. It'd be boring for me walking around that table just putting food in a bag. It's not boring for these kids. And do I have endurance that fueled by the hope that this is making a difference? Sometimes getting the building ready. Like I said, we had the routine down. We had the routine of our worship service. Now we have the routine of these types, two services. We're going to get a routine of three services, putting things together, getting ready to teach. It can all become rote. It can all become boring. Do we have the endurance that's prompted by hope? Or do I have spiritual asadia? That's my new word for the day. Bob taught me. My spiritual asadia that I'm just, oh, you know, kind of lethargic, just whatever. You can identify these kind of people. I see these kind of Sometimes they come to our church, you know, and they say, well, I want to be a part of your church. And you get to know them. And you realize, oh, well, you know, for the past couple, two or three years, you were part of that church. And then two or three years before, yeah, you were part of that church. And two or three years before that, you were part of that church. And I go, oh, man, you're just kind of like grazing, going from church to church. Get what you want until you get, you know, move on. Oh, I'm kind of bored with this one. I've kind of seen what they do. Let's go to a new one. Let's see what they do. But that's not really endurance. Prompted by hope. What keeps us moving or what keeps us going, keeps us pressing on our hope in our Lord Jesus. When we have hope in something bigger than ourselves, hope that gives us dreams that exceed our reality, then you know what? Our spirit is set free. We can soar. And it helps you out when you're out sharing your faith. Your hope in Jesus' of salvation. Hope that salvation is offered for everyone if they respond to Jesus Christ. And it helps you to overcome the discouragement, the hurt, the brokenheartedness sometimes when people reject you when you reach out to them. And you endure and you keep going because I've got hope. When we come here and we get ready for church and we seems like we put going to all of this work for hours, getting things ready so people can walk in and have a worship experience or set up, like Bob says, all these different electronical ways for people to, to fellowship and sometimes nobody even takes advantage of it. Why do we do it? Because we have hope in Jesus that somebody may come as a guest and say, wow, I want to be a part of this. I want to to join us. I want to be a disciple of Jesus. Or a teen or a campus student will come in and, and something is said, something is done. It may be this Sunday. It may be next Sunday. I don't know, but I have a hope in Jesus. It can happen. And therefore, we're going to make sure everything's ready. Just in case. Because we have a hope in Christ. When we do feeding our kids and we're putting those food in the bag and we can think, well, I don't know if this is making any difference. No, we have a hope in Christ that this is changing and has the, it will change somebody's life to break the cycle of poverty that when these kids grow up and they have children of their own, they won't need a service. And it won't happen to every one of them, but I've got a hope in Christ. It will happen to some. Therefore, we do it. And we put that food together. And we deliver that food. 
And why do we give? Because we have a hope that somebody in Europe, somebody in a country, somebody in a language I don't get, I don't understand, is looking for God, and we need somebody there to share the gospel. Because I have a hope in Christ that he'll hook them up, he'll get them together. He'll figure out the way. And we endure giving and giving and giving because of our hope. And that endurance that's fueled by our hope. So as we think about serving here in this church, the Champagne Church of Christ, whoever you are, don't matter how old you are or how young you are. That's why I shared about uh, Joella who is... 89, 90, I think, I'm not sure. Or we have uh, the, the Godiers or who, who are young married. And all in between, you can serve. Whether you're single, whether you're married, you can serve. We need everybody. And you know what? Everybody needs it for their own heart. And I pray that as you think about it, your service will be work produced by faith. Not produced by guilt or not produced by ego. I pray that it will be your labor prompted by love, not prompted by a sense of responsibility. And I pray that you will continue, continue to serve with endurance that is inspired by hope of what the Lord is doing, not just because that's my habit, that's what I do, but I truly serve and endure with hope in Jesus. And together, God is able to use our church to serve one another and serve our community. Amen.